Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. Welcome back to another edition of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. I'm Christy Burton-Brown, here with Tim Kessler. Uh, he's someone that you definitely need to know if you are interested in safety in our schools. Um, Tim has a really interesting bio and background as the former superintendent of the Peyton School District, where he led that district for 21 years. And in the wake of the Columbine High School shooting, he realized that being in a gun-free zone wasn't setting up students and staff for success when it comes to safety. Uh, After investigating different options, he came to a conclusion that having staff members who were trained in safety and trained with firearms was a good option to keep his school district safe. School safety is a huge issue in Colorado today and across the nation, and I wanted to bring Tim Kistler onto our podcast, particularly because at Advanced Colorado on our policy agenda this year, one thing that we've set out should happen in, in the state is better funding of school resource officers and security officers in the schools. So without further ado, Tim Kessler, welcome to the Advanced Colorado Rundown. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time and ability to be able to have this conversation. Absolutely. And it's certainly one that's, I think, top of mind for many parents across the state with our kids in school every single day. So as a superintendent, someone who ran an entire school district, how... How did you come to see safety as one of the key pivotal issues? Well, I think it all started when we were having a a, a emergency first responders drill uh, and with the sheriffs and their SWAT teams, and they came and they uh, did a drill just regarding if somebody did come in, what could happen and how does our staff and students uh, respond and after that situation where we just saw two strangers walking into the school and, and again, it's a, um, you know, planned drill, but yet our staff wasn't ready to do what's necessary. Uh, the, um, the violators came in and they shot our school resource officer. They shot our secretary. So our protection and our communication was taken out immediately. And we just saw how lacking we were in preparation. So once that happened, we sat down with the sheriffs. We then sat down with Pastor also to say, what can we do to help better protect our students and staff uh, in an event that a rural school is attacked this way? Absolutely. No, that's, that would be quite the realization in that moment to see it happen. Uh, and Peyton, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know where Peyton is, I actually grew up in Peyton and yeah. is definitely rural Colorado, although it's it's grown so much since yes. I lived yes. there. 
Um, but when you when you oversaw it for 21 years, um, from that moment, when you looked into all the options, and I know right now you offer faster training, you work with that organization, which has been really great in teaching teachers and other staff members to be armed and how to safely carry a firearm. Um, but what, what did you implement in Peyton itself in that school district? Well, again, and, and I mean, from the start of it, it's uh, we had a couple of concerned parents over similar things from what they've heard or at least um, found out what happened with our first responders drill. And they then came to the board and basically say, we, excuse me, we need something to happen. And so the board tasked me with community um, events to be able to bring uh, the community together to say, here's our situation. What do we need to do? Uh, once that we had several community meetings, uh, we took a poll and over 75% of the community said they wanted their staff trained uh, as part of a protection. And I think it was 72 or 73% of our staff said something similar. So with wow. the support of the board, the community and the staff, uh, we contacted faster Laura to say that uh, once we had our process of interviewing, of uh, vetting, uh, what can we do to get our staff trained? That's amazing. And I think, Tim, that's a really important point for a lot of school districts is to get that buy-in from the community. Yes. And I think when we look across Colorado schools, we see some that have latched on to the faster training and have found that extremely useful. And teachers in the community really want to have staff armed in the schools. And then we see other school districts who want to bring in local law enforcement. There's members of the police force who are able to come in and take part in guarding the school and protecting the students. And then we see other schools that are able to find funding for SROs and get them trained. So I, I do think you're right, though, that having that parent buy-in, bringing in the community, inviting them to uh, take part in keeping students safe and having a voice makes it far more effective. Did you see that parent support continue throughout your time as you implemented the safety programs? Absolutely. Once we put up the signs and once the we would give updates as to what's happening, it's just the reinforcement of so many people saying, thank you for doing what you're doing, but thank the staff that who are going through the training and putting their lives technically on the line uh, for the protection of their kids. Um, so we had, you know, little placards out on uh, every door entry and a big sign as you drive up the driveways is to let people know that, you know, the staff is armed and that they will take necessary um, steps to protect students and staff. And that seems like another big key as well, because so many people and so many shooters have even acknowledged that they have seen the schools or movie theaters or other places that have been shot as gun-free zones. And so if they're not going to encounter resistance of a significant nature, they feel like that's a place they can go in and take people's lives. It seems like what you did there, putting up signs to put people on notice, you're not just going to walk in here and be able to kill people. Um, who knows what you prevented um, that we you know, aren't able to prove when people leave and realize this isn't, isn't a place where they're going to be able to freely conduct crime and kill people. Right. 
What and do you think? Part, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Part oh, of our what, training. What? Yeah. Training, part, yeah. Of, part of our training is also trying to recognize, and, and again, whether it's a stranger, because even though that we have our locked doors and you have to do a video cam, be able to get in, you know, even that part of that first responder drill is that, you know, our kids are taught to be nice and to be kind. And if an adult is coming in, they've always been taught to open up the door for them. Right. And it's hard to <coughs> do that training piece of letting staff and students know is that it's not rude anymore, but for their protection, but for even staff to recognize is this person should be here. Uh, how are you notifying everybody else to be able to, you know, keep the place as safe as possible, but always on the lookout and always on the alert. Absolutely. And so the video cams that you're talking about, how how are those used in the school? Well, unfortunately, most video cameras are, oh, we can see what happened. You know, right. but if anybody's coming to the door, they have to, in a sense, ring the doorbell. And now they are on video as to this is who I am and this is why I'm here. So at least it's an acknowledgement of, okay, at least we have something of um, acknowledgement of who you are mm-hmm. and, um, you know, pre- preparation as to and maybe you're not somebody that we need to have. We'll come out and visit you outside rather than coming inside. Right. Or if they're carrying in bags or other things that have happened in many of the mass shootings, you would be able to see that, I assume. Yes. And realize something is off. Okay. Wow. No, this is, this is really interesting to hear the different pieces of what you were able to implement. Uh, I know there's a lot of schools out there, charter schools, private schools, neighborhood schools, who are researching what's been effective and what's worked and proven uh, to keep kids and staff safe, everyone at the school. Uh, one other one other topic that often comes up when we're looking at school safety, SROs in the conversation is uh, there's some people more obviously more on the left who say that bringing SROs or police officers in particular into schools creates more of a you know school to prison pipeline that it's it's damaging in other ways and i i don't i don't buy that narrative but i i saw that the national school resource officer association what they've done to combat that is say well instead of just bringing in a school resource officer or a law enforcement what we're going to do is more integrate them into the school so they're not only going to be a guard at the door they're also going to go into the health class and teach cpr or do things that show the kids that, hey, this is someone you can trust. This is someone who cares about your lives and is invested in your lives more than just keeping you safe, as valuable as that is. Um, what, what do you think about that narrative out there? Well, I, I just false narrative, unfortunately, that, you know, grabs a hold. But, you know, anytime that we worked with a security resource officer or there's a couple of schools uh, on the Eastern Plains that have actually hired um off-duty, well, either retired officers or they continue in, in their workforce and they do teach classes. And we've seen it really work out well because now there's a a realist or a realism of this is a real person and they work with you and they yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, bring great ideas. So really in the rural community, bringing somebody like that in 
has been very helpful and has been a good piece to mend that relationship. So kudos really to the El Paso County Sheriff's. Uh, I think there's some local sheriffs, Calham, whatever, that have implemented this program uh, to actually help uh, create good relationships between uh, law enforcement and uh, schools. So that that is really great. Yeah, relationship building tends to add to every area of life and make everything more effective. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what would you say to parents who are out there? Um, obviously my kids are school age. I know a lot of, a lot of my friends have kids currently either in the school system or that age and a variety of where they're sending them, private school, public school, homeschool, right. charter school. If you're homeschool, obviously <laughs> this is not an issue. Uh, but at any other school, it could be. So if, if, what would you say to parents who want to either go to the school board or go to the principal or whoever they need to go to, depending on the type of school system that exists, and find a better way to secure the school and potentially bring in SROs or train teachers. What's your recommendation? Well, I think anytime that, you know, you're looking at safety and safety for your child or children in that case, uh, you really need to be as involved as possible so that you at least know what's happening in the school and also could be a, a advocate for something like this. Um, you know, the, the unfortunate thing that we're going through now is that we see schools that are being attacked and you have staff that will throw their body in front of kids to protect them. Mm-hmm. They would sacrifice their own lives to be able to protect the children. Mm-hmm. And I think at least in the the way that we're looking at faster is that if we can train staff and again, <laughs> excuse me, it doesn't have to be just be teachers. It's lunch ladies and it's maintenance directors, custodians, um, you know, paraprofessionals, bus, you know, this whole list of people who are willing to not only protect the kids, but to keep them safe. Um, with what FASTER does, the training that they get by, uh, by SWAT members and local law enforcement uh, the highest level technique to where if this situation arise, arises, you're protecting your student. You're now not just being a you know, body in front of uh, active fire. Right. So I, I, I think that when you're looking at especially the safety of children, this is a great reason to get involved in your local school boards and schools to find out what they're doing to keep kids safe. I think that's a great point. And you do bring up that illustration of teachers who are so willing to sacrifice their lives for kids. Can you give them the option to also be able to protect their own life at the same time through this kind of training? I think a lot of times I've certainly heard liberals talk about this, like, Oh my goodness, why would you demand that teachers be armed? And they completely skip over the point that no one is demanding it at all. It's right. it's an option. It's if you want the ability to protect your classroom or your school, to your point, other positions, not only teachers, well, then let's equip you with the right training. Let's make sure you feel safe and your kids can feel safe in that environment. So I think it's really important to stress you know, the optional nature of this and how it's yes. a resource. Yes. That's excellent for schools and parents and staff members who are concerned about this. Who would you say, Tim, 
would be the best person initially for a parent to reach out to? Is it the superintendent? Is it a principal? Is it school board members? Well, I wish there was a, you know, specific route, you know, because so many rural, you know, the nice thing about rural schools is that they're developed by their communities and Mm -hmm. how that hierarchy is set up, you know, in the case for Peyton, um, it was a parent who came to me and said, um, they were scared at first because they thought I was going to be anti uh, no, okay. Uh, but once they found out, they're saying, how do we go about this? Mm-hmm. And so really after talking to the board, that's how, why we set up the community meetings. Wow. You know, it, so depending on the size of the rural school, because you have some superintendents that are also principals, uh, but sure. if it's a parent, I would go either directly to the superintendent or to the board to say, here's what I'm concerned about. What are we doing about protecting our kids? Mm-hmm. So that's a great point. Yeah, because there are so many options available these days. Um, better security systems, to your point about like the video cameras, there's the faster training, SROs, law enforcement. Um, like I mentioned before, at Advanced Colorado, one thing we're pushing in our policy agenda is that the state should dedicate more law enforcement funds for districts that don't believe they can afford SROs, but really want them uh, to be able to bring them in. Uh, Because if we're going to prioritize safety for kids, we should prioritize it at every single school uh, that exists and give give people that option. But I I love that you shared that that parent was originally afraid to come talk to you, assuming you might have a different viewpoint, but was willing to do it anyway. And then look at all the safety and security you and parents together were able to implement at the school because a parent was willing to step up and say, I'm going to push past that and go have the conversation. Right. Cause uh, those conversations led to, you know, again, it's just not about staff members being able to carry firearm. I mean, that's not what it's really about. It's about that when the time arises, you have the proper training and mm-hmm. proper uh, abilities to be able to say, our kids are in danger. I need to protect. Yeah. So, and again, they're, they're not, you know, mall cops. And I don't mean to say anything bad about cops who are at the malls. I'm just saying sure. is, you know, it, what it comes down to is that they have been trained extensively by SWAT and law enforcement mm-hmm. on how to carry and what to do when the uh, incident arises. Uh, and it's not just a one and done practice. They're, you know, certain expectations of how many hours per month are you at the range? How many hours a month are you dry firing? How many hours a month are you working with your school security team mm-hmm. on going through scenarios? But these are the things that we've learned that we continue to push forward so that mm-hmm. we hope that if it's if it ever arises, you're prepared. Absolutely. Well, and we've seen so many segments of society latch onto the idea that we need security. I mean, so many churches have security teams. My dad has been on multiple church security teams mm-hmm. uh, from, from the time I was a teenager until now. And of course, malls, stores, I mean, almost everywhere has security guards and people are guarded, but not schools. Um, right. Schools seem to be last on that list. And when it's where our children are every single day, I think that's deeply concerning and we should absolutely take these steps that are preventative measures. And again, if a teacher feels like they don't want to be a sitting duck or a staff member doesn't want to be, 
there's a, there's the ability for them to take it into their own hands and say, I'm going to do something about it. And I just, I just love how much you've talked about bringing the community along with you and right. having buy-in from parents, letting them express their voice and help develop this plan together. I think that's essential as well. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's, and I'll speak for Peyton because that's the community I was able to work in Yeah, and it worked out really, really well. And it's just, you know, having those conversations at least puts it out in the open to say you have some options, you know, because we always looked at it as, you know, um, it could cost us 60, 75,000 to be able to have a full-time SRO. And with the staff shortages, we had to look at that saying, can we could put that money into another staff member, another teacher and still have, that training, because again, you look at the rural and our yes. SRO could be called out for some other reason. Sure. And now we're left very vulnerable. Exactly. So we could even work together on that as to say, mm-hmm. while here we have the protection, but in case that SRO or that um, police officer is not with us, we still have protection. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense um, and different different scenarios and solutions for different schools. Um, I think it's so great to have those options and you knew what fit in your school in Peyton as superintendent and hopefully many more schools across the Denver metro area and and everywhere in Colorado find a way to keep their students safe. Uh, Tim Kessler, former superintendent of Peyton School District, I think you have provided a number of options, a number of great resources. Any last thing you want to leave people with where they should get more information from? Well, uh, MasterColorado.org is a great place at least to go to see the different options of what you have. But start with the community to be able to have those discussions and allow your staff members this the opportunity to protect the kids in a different way to where it's not so passive, but at least being able to be out in front to be able to subdue the situation uh, so there's not more harm done. So Excellent. Yeah, but... Going through faster, staff members are well-trained, and it's a continual training. It's just not a one and done. This is something that continually happens. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that and for being with us today. I'm Christy Burton-Brown. You've been listening to another episode of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. Join us next time. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancecolorado.org.